Welcome in to the Shop Management Show presented by AutoLeap. I'm your host, Will. This podcast will explore the experiences, challenges, and lessons learned of auto repair shop owners. We'll cover every topic imaginable from EVs to ADOS, right to repair, the technician shortage, and so much more. AutoLeap is an all-in-one cloud-based shop management software that allows shop owners to better run their business, increase efficiency, and grow revenue. You can find a link to schedule a free demo with AutoLeap in the show notes of this episode. Please like, share, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. I'm thrilled to be joined today by Nate Garcia, owner of Proformance Complete Auto Care in Lakewood, Washington. Nate and I will discuss his experiences, challenges, and lessons learned running a mobile mechanic business. Nate, how are you? Doing great this morning. How are you? I'm doing great as well. Thank you for joining me. Before we discuss your current role, let's start with your background in the auto repair industry. How did you start your career in the space and what motivated you to become a mechanic? So I honestly started working on cars back in like high school, doing auto shop, all that fun stuff, right? Um, after I got out of high school, I ended up going into the army. I was an army mechanic for about three and a half years. Um, after exiting, worked at Ford and Chevy for a little while trying to get reintroduced to the good old civilian lifestyle and honestly I was working for the dealers got a little tired of the whole pressure sales mentality right you know they say here you need to sell more of these fuel cleanings and stuff like that on virtually brand new vehicles that are unnecessary repairs so kind of just got to a point with them where it was like well you can do it or you can go somewhere else and I was like I'll go somewhere else and uh, after I got out of the dealer lifestyle it's where I started performance complete auto care it was definitely a little less formal in the very beginning of everything. Of course, when you're trying to start out, not exactly coming from money or anything, it's definitely uh, a little on the rough side considering building up your tool supply, shop equipment that you wouldn't normally have to buy as a technician and everything of sorts. So first two, three years is definitely moderately working at used car dealerships here and there while I was taking on other jobs and obviously getting everything going. It was about five years ago now that we went official, went on the books, taxes, all that fun stuff, got life going there and uh, haven't looked back. Let's uh, get into some of those. You mentioned unique challenges that you faced early on. What were some of those specific challenges as you started your own mobile mechanic business and how did you overcome those? Well, as we all know, when it comes to auto repair, you know, there's the book times and everything that's here and say how long a technician is supposed to be able to do on a job. Of course, we all know those aren't always the most accurate. Sometimes they're obviously a bit excessive, and other times they're kind of like shooting yourself in the foot, right? Um, I would say in the very beginning, getting used to all the Protoman, Mitchell, all that fun stuff going on, that was probably the biggest adaption, especially being mobile. So when you're mobile, obviously, you have to account for travel time, everything else as such. So, um, so pretty much the biggest thing was once you get into figuring out those labor times, it was like for me, especially like I said, being mobile. When you're in a shop thing, it's very easy to be like, hey, this job's gonna be two hours. Oh, it didn't actually take quite so long and you know, just kind of pull it out of the bay and continue on with your day. When you're obviously out mobile, the job says it's gonna take two hours and you get one of those shoot yourself in the foot ones. Now the biggest part was trying to find out as far as appointment scheduling, the window as such, what we should be able to give to our uh, customers as far as how long it's gonna be before we get out to those jobs. So that was probably the biggest trick with labor time adjustments. Obviously book time is a little relevant, like I said, when it comes to being mobile. So I'd say after that, the biggest part was obviously always ensuring that you have the tool for the job. Yeah, so there became a, 
a lot of trial and error of what tools to carry around in the vehicle, um, which ones you wanted to have with you all the time, which ones were going to be considered more of a specialty side, and then obviously checking all the jobs that you have scheduled for the day, just making sure you're freaking all set up, man. Um, other than that, it's honestly been, I feel like pretty straightforward. Of course, when you have to have like manager experience is really where it gets into being kind of weird. So typing up the invoices and stuff, I guess, could be a little on the odd side. But it wasn't detrimental. It wasn't crazy too bad. The worst part was rolling around in a, uh, like my old beater vehicle when I was first getting this thing started. Definitely rolled in like an old 90s Saturn SL2. And then um, after that vehicle obviously got to its point, that's when we finally upgraded and got the shop van. So it's definitely been a little bit of a challenge, a few little hiccups, but nothing too crazy in general. Yeah, that's interesting to hear all of those challenges and how you had to address them early on. It seems like you've learned a lot on the fly and picked up some skills to overcome those. What would you say were some of your top lessons you learned in terms of overcoming those challenges? And how have you applied them now to your business as you've gained a little more experience working as a mobile mechanic? Um, so starting out, of course, like I was saying with the Labor Times originally going into that, that subject, it was um, really just about trying to find out what was a nice median travel time that was not going to affect labor too much on people's side and how far that travel time was in a cover before we would have to charge additional time. So it started off originally where I was honestly just billing book time as it said. I didn't know any better. Obviously, I was working in a shop, working in a dealer, kind of just look up the hours, type it in, call it a day. Um, when it got to dealing with traffic and going to pick up parts and then everything else as far as traveling to the job, Took a while, probably about the first year or so before I came down to it being just right around about a half an hour travel time for pretty much anything on a local basis. So when I say local basis, I'm thinking right around the 10 mile range. Nothing is going to really take much more than like 20 minutes of travel time to the job. It gives you about 10, 15 minutes, swing through, grab your parts as you need, and then carry on with the work. Um, I'd say probably the other worst part was... <laughs> Figuring out adjustments on labor times, especially being mobile, kind of run into uh, the vehicles haven't always seen the brighter side of the day. You get out there, they tend to be like little, maybe sometimes moss covered, very rusty, sitting in a yard, something as such. Um, the hard thing <laughs> was definitely being able to adjust labor times to account for dealing with like rusty components, um, anything that could be potentially seized. Something that's obviously degraded might be to the point where you can't really open a window or something like that because everything's kind of all sealed shut. So that was probably the two biggest adjustments that we really had to get used to. Yeah, that's interesting. I'll have some follow-up questions later on uh, in terms of that specific subject. Let's get into your experience working with customers. Obviously, as a mobile mechanic, trust is a key factor. Mobile mechanics can deliver more of that one-on-one -on -one time and more of that personalized experience working with customers. How do you build and maintain trust with your customers as part of running a mobile mechanic business? Uh, biggest thing, honestly, is transparency. So if you're sitting here explaining to a customer and they're asking about a job, how do we anticipate that it's going to be taking this long on time on a job? Of course, we let them know that we're looking it up under like a labor estimator. It's kind of industry standard across the board, right? Um, a lot of people will sit here very commonly call and say that other shops are twice as much, three times as much. And what I'm trying to quote or estimate them 
And the biggest thing is really getting down to the customer and explaining to them more in depth what's actually going to happen. A lot of times, of course, they may not understand the lingo. Um, it might be like speaking gibberish to them sometimes, but I try to break it down Barney style as much as I can. Um, honestly, just being friendly, not treating it so much necessarily in the corporate mentality of like everything's super fine tuned and we have to talk to you in a very specific professional manner. Um, of course, we answer the phone like, hey, you've reached performance, complete auto care, Nate, how may I help you, right? But after that, it's more trying to treat it in like on a friendly basis. Like you said, it's definitely more one-on-one. -on -one. So most of the time when we go out there, a lot of technicians do not like people working around them or looking around them while they're working. I've definitely had to obviously evolve and get past that. It's, you know, it's inevitable. The customers are gonna wanna hang out, especially when you're mobile coming out to them. They wanna watch, they wanna see. A lot of them will sit here and ask questions on, how do you do this? How do you find that? And I've honestly enjoy in the setting of like sitting there trying to almost teach the customers what exactly we're doing. Um, if they have a question about what they have going on with like a headlight and can we do that headlight form? We explain how much it's going to be. They might raise their eyebrow and be like, well, it seems I don't really have a lot of money right now. It seems kind of hard to deal with, you know, and you're like, well, honestly, while we're fixing this really quick, I'd be happy to walk you through, you know, you want to change your own headlight. It's entirely up to you. Um, of course, obviously that's not going to be anything we're affiliated with, but I'm happy to walk you through it if you're comfortable. Um, that's really the biggest setting for me is transparency and just being friendly. That makes a lot of sense. I think that also builds really strong relationships. I think there's that gap when you take your car to a traditional shop and it goes back in the service bay and you're in the waiting area, you don't see anything that's going on with it. I think that does really bridge that gap where you could come out and ask questions and actually have that like, you know, uh, tutorial with you where you're teaching them things that's really strong in terms of relationship building. Let's transition to pricing for your mobile mechanic business. So obviously that's another major component that every auto repair customer takes into consideration. So, you know, some customers may assume that the added convenience of you bringing your business to them will mean steeper pricing than traditional shops. How do you approach your pricing for auto repair services as a mobile mechanic? So that one actually took quite a few years to really kind of nail on the head. Um, originally, after going into business, we started at a labor rate of around $85 an hour. This is obviously about five years ago. It seemed to be a pretty common labor rate as far as like what a local aftermarket shop, small business would have. Um, obviously, sitting here and after doing that for almost a year at $85 an hour, sitting here and looking at the profit and losses, it wasn't obviously as inclined as we would want it to be. Um, so it took some adjustment. The following year was 95, then I think it was 105. And then we finally ended up ending up at a final jump to 135 an hour. Um, it seemed excessive at thoughts and it definitely made me sit here and question whether or not for a while, whether or not that was gonna be a realistic rate to be able to charge. Cause obviously when we first started, a lot of it was customers that weren't exactly full of money. You know, they're definitely potentially getting into like maybe some of their bill money or a vacation trip that they had been saving up for a long period of time. Um, made it really challenging to want to actually charge that amount. But, um, you know, unfortunately, once it got into, like I said, profit and losses was the biggest thing. Uh, it was a lot of it taking into accountability of business bills and everything as such and that. Of course, we don't have necessarily the overhead that a potential shop might have. 
Uh, we still have all the equipment fees, all the update fees, all the shop management fees, and all the, you know, the van and everything else. But I definitely made it to where a lot of shops up here I've noticed as far as like a quality shop, right? Typically dealers, anybody as such, are charging anywhere from like 140 to about $200 an hour, which obviously inflation is kind of like ding that a little bit. Um, I would, yeah, I would say after about, it was like three years, we ended up landing on the 135 an hour. In the very beginning, a lot of the old customers were definitely a little bit leery about it. They're like, why are you charging so much all of a sudden? And once I got into explaining, obviously, bills, equipment, and everything got more expensive. So now, unfortunately, we have to make adjustments so that we can maintain efficiency for you guys. You know, it's really at the end of the day, everybody's got to make their money. At the end of the day, we got to make sure that we can take care of our customers. Uh, the weird thing about it is, I was stating, um, convenience fee, right? A lot of people would think, you know, you go to a 7-Eleven or something like that, you're going to get upcharged on snacks and stuff like that because it's 7-Eleven at the convenience store. A lot of people, for some odd weird reason, when it comes to auto repair, realistically think mobile is supposed to be cheaper. And they use that excuse of there's no overhead or anything like that, so it should honestly be cheaper. And you're like, I understand your argument. However, convenience fee, convenience charge, travel, and everything obviously does come into play. And once you explain it to them, usually they're like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes total sense. But uh, it was definitely... <laughs> It was interesting trying to come up with the labor rates. Like I said, it took several years. Uh, the biggest thing that I could honestly recommend in that regard is just watch your profit and losses. Obviously, look at what you would be making personally if you were at a shop as a technician. Obviously, take into accountability of any admin time that you might have to do and adjust accordingly. Don't obviously sit here and try to go charging a cheaper rate to where you're literally sweating, busting your balls and running across, trying to run across town or whatever hardly making any money, make it comfortable for yourself where you can actually cognitively function, think out of a vehicle, do what you need to do, get it done in the quarter or recommended amount of time, and then be able to carry on to the next car without sitting here pulling your hair out because those first couple of years is pretty much what I felt like I was doing. I like how you mentioned the convenience factor. That's actually where I was going to take our conversation next. I wanted to talk about your approach to traveling to customer locations how you balance that for both efficiency and productivity, and also just in general, how your customers react to that added level of flexibility and how it makes a difference for their busy schedules. So pretty much as far as travel side as it is concerned, pretty much what we've landed to, like I said, with that 10 mile radius is pretty much how long I've realized like how far we could travel before it really started kind of tie into our personal time as far as getting to and from jobs. So automatically we just add a half an hour on top of all labor recommendations for the vehicle. And that's just automatically accounted into any vehicle for up to 10 miles of travel. And we just baselined at that half an hour because obviously you might have to travel, go get some parts from down the street or whatever. Um, once we got outside of that uh, 10 mile range, excuse me, we basically went and was like, okay, so let's see what we can do here. How much time are we going to be able to add? And it became rather challenging to try to implement a time by time schedule, if that makes sense. So like taking each point of each, like what, six minutes per point of an hour or something like that, to really try to time how long you're getting outside of your normal travel range. So typically, again, we just go by that 10 mile marker. So after 10 miles, it's about 
you know, that half an hour that's just right there. After we get outside of that, maybe we're traveling to Olympia or SeaTac or something as such, where you're basically getting the additional half an hour charge from where there we obviously notify the customer, hey, you're outside of our normal service area. We have no problem going out there to service your vehicle, but just to let you know, there is going to be a $67 fee as far as travel is concerned in order to come out to you. And as long as we're honest with them and let them know what's going on and what it's for, they typically don't tend to have any problems with it. Um, time base is definitely probably one of the biggest factors as far as, like I was saying originally, and I'm trying to adjust later. We'll be back next week for part two of this conversation, covering more of Nate's experience running a mobile mechanic business.